0: Join us tonight as we talk about the Vikings wins over the Bears, previewing the Rams and the Vikings, and we have a special guest, Darren Doogie Wolfson, on this evening. So go get your drink and join us.
1: Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings
0: hello and welcome back to another episode of Viking's How- Happy Hour I am your host Matt I am joined by Ryan Ortega Miles Gorham producer Dave and a special guest depending on who you ask uh, Darren Wolfson is here tonight right before Christmas <laughs> hey you you made me say that in the in the intro so you followed the script so, perfectly
2: so- I appreciate that.
0: Uh, So How are you you doing tonight, Dougie? I didn't get to see you last time I was on the show. I had something pop up, but uh, I'm I'm very appreciative of you hopping back on tonight. I'm good, Matt. I'm COVID-free as far as I know, so that's a
2: win. I'm happy that my Gophers won today. They didn't play well in the first half against Wisconsin Green Bay, but played really well in the second half, so that's good. My buddy Johnny Tower at St. Thomas, they fell at the buzzer. They were up double digits at Denver. All afternoon, end up losing literally at the buzzer. So I feel bad for my buddy Tower, my friends over at St. Thomas. But otherwise, all is well.
0: You know, I know this is a Vikings happy hour show, but uh, that Gophers team—they got a little fight to them. Ben Johnson's got that team playing right now. It's exciting. He does.
2: You know, and I don't know anybody. I certainly didn't think they'd be ten and one right now. I don't know a lot of people. Heck, I'm not sure internally they thought they'd be ten and one. Right now, the schedule certainly ramps up right after the first of the year. You know, just look at those, yeah. you know, four or five consecutive Big Ten games, you know, Indiana, Illinois, you know, I think maybe Michigan State, a trip to East Lansing is in that mix. It's a really tough opening stretch when they, you know, get back to to playing Big Ten games. But yeah, like I didn't have much of a bar, you know, this year. Like to me, it's all about raising the recruiting bar, which Dave Thorson, Ben Johnson, the other assistant coaches will do. I think they're going to end up getting a pretty darn good 2023 recruiting class. They have a good 2022 recruiting class. That, to me, is what it's all about, looking two, three years down the road. So, to me, anything that happens this year, eh, it's gravy, right? Like, you know, if they can find a way to be a bubble yeah. team, fine. If they don't end up making it, so be it. But if they can play some compelling games in early March,
0: get me to pay attention
2: late February into early March, I love it.
0: Exactly. That's what it's all about. Ryan, I heard you you crack a drink there. What are you What are you drinking tonight?
3: Uh, some Woodford Reserve. I had to dip into the oh. whiskey. I didn't want any more beers. I had uh, I took my son skiing today, and so I had like two two beers out, out there. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna switch it up.
0: <laughs> I feel bad. We always we always drink on this show, and Doogie's always at work. He can't he can't enjoy a cheers a, a nice beverage with us. <laughs> uh miles how about yourself yeah, trust how you me doing i was at tonight? the liquor
2: store earlier today
0: <laughs> oh go ahead doogie
2: yeah go ahead miles well i was gonna say no, no, at I was the just... liquor store earlier today, yeah, today just ahead, shopping doogie. for yeah. some colleagues some coworkers. so like i'm i'm salivating i can't wait to get home because <laughs> i bought an extra <laughs> bottle or two for myself there you go <laughs> well you earned it yeah no i'm i'm boring so i'm
4: just drinking tea so um, I've actually, you know, Ryan Ryan, and Duke, you both know when you, and Dave, you know, when you have kids, you always, you know, when your kids get sick, that means you get sick. Um, I got tested for COVID negative, so I'm just sick. And so that's kind of where I've been the last like week, week and a half. And um, I've just been like up and down this like little roller coaster. So um, not the You fun know, I hear whiskey
3: is a straight whiskey is a really <laughs> good cure for being sick. So why do you no, think I, I'm I, never I, sick I, anymore? I, I,
0: Yeah,
2: right, right. Got to kill it off.
0: (laughs) Too funny. Well,
2: I'm glad you're negative. uh, I was was in the same boat like three weeks ago. I'm just now, for the first time in three weeks, like I feel good. Uh, But I was battling just a a cold, uh, no fever. But I went into the Minute Clinic just to get checked out after testing negative for COVID. Just wondering what the heck was going on. She actually said I had a low-level flu. I didn't even know you could have the flu without a fever. But she told me. You have a low-level flu, but I was able to, you know, persevere enough. But, like, it's going around. Like, Judd Zolgad, who you guys know from Score North, yeah. he's just overcoming COVID. You know, I mean, he just, Damn. you know, he's been positive and But he's been working through. Like, thankfully, he's boosted. You know, and the symptoms have been minimal. He's been able to work all the way through. You know, so, I mean, that that is good. But, yeah, Miles, I'm telling you, like, I'm glad you're negative. Because yeah. <laughs> I think we all probably know somebody right now that's positive. Like, it's – the numbers yeah, are crazy. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's. Uh, make sure you take care of yourselves for sure. I mean, I like like you said, Doogie. Yeah, I think everybody right now probably knows somebody, um, and it's ramping up. So, hopefully, uh, this this holiday weekend, everyone's able to enjoy it with their families and, and be safe. So, uh, let's talk Vikings. Uh, they just came off a a win. Somehow, uh, the the Bears gave them every opportunity to win that game. Uh, thanks to Matt Nagy and some some turnovers. Um, but before we dive too much into the game, I, I got some questions I want to ask ask Doogie here. And I'm sorry if I'm catching you off guard, but what is, what is the feel right now inside the Vikings organization? Like, I know today it was brought up in Zimmer's presser. Uh, someone talked about him being on the hot seat, to which he said, am I on the hot seat? As a sarcastic response, uh, what is the feel right now inside TCO Performance Center?
2: Well, I mean, guys have a lot to play for, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys playing for their next contract. There's a lot of guys on one-year deals. So regardless of what takes place the next three weeks, do the Vikings make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs, guys are playing for that next paycheck. With the salary cap about to spike pretty high, a lot of teams will have pretty good money to spend come March. So, you know, guys are focused in that regard, you know, to put good, you know, play on film. You know, you're not only playing for, for your current team, but you're playing maybe for your future team. So guys are locked in, but certainly there's, you know, a desire to, to see this thing through, you know, to finally get over that 500 hump. They haven't been over 500 mm-hmm. since, what, 2019? You know, so guys are yeah. cognizant of that. They are aware of that. You know they think, hey, they can play with just about anybody in the league. That the NFC is relatively wide open. That hey, why can't they make some sort of significant run in January? So I think for the most part, guys are focused. Guys are on the same page. They're ready to rock and roll.
4: Can I can I ask something real quick, Matt? Uh, yeah. Dougie, you talked you touched on the the five hundred thing, um, and obviously that's a huge thing. This team has put a lot of money and, and added a lot of key players. They pay a lot of they're a top a top heavy roster for being honest and do you have a sense of of like why this team has not been able to get themselves into a position to be a consistent playoff team in the last few years um because like as as we've all noted they have a lot of talent on the roster. I know there's injuries I know things happen, but like overall they have a lot of talent on the roster. Anything that you could pinpoint that kind of says why they're not getting themselves over the hump consistently?
2: Well, I mean, Mike Zimmer might tell you, he certainly told us in early September, not me specifically, but he sat down with my boss, my good friend, my colleague, Joe Schmidt, saying that he doesn't trust guys 26 through 53 on the roster, that it's only 25 guys on the roster that he fully trusts. You know, so Zim will tell you that there's been some swings and misses going back the last few drafts. Now, on the 500 note, heck, if Greg Joseph makes a simple kick week two, they win week three against Seattle. We wouldn't be noting that they haven't been over 500 since 2019. <laughs> you know. So it's such a fine line. The league has done such a good job creating you know, so much drama on a weekly basis. So many games come down to the final four minutes, the final two minutes. There are so many one-score games. So it's not like they are that far away. But I can tell you, it's not just Zim. Sure, Zim's the face of it, but there's others internally that will tell you that the depth of this roster going back the last couple of years just hasn't been maybe what it was going back four or five years. But have we also not seen
4: some of that depth play well? And like, especially when you look at the D line depth. You look at some of the DB depth. I'm um, DB depth, maybe a little <laughs> a little iffy. But like, you know, we've seen guys like James Lynch and, and Armand Watts. Like those guys step up. Uh, DJ Wanham had a really big game on Monday. Like at least on the defensive side, that's the the side I'm sure Zimmer's the most worried about, right? Like. <laughs> I feel like we've seen some of those guys step up, so I wonder if that number has changed
2: for him. I do wonder if that number's changed, too. I mean, I think specifically some of those D linemen that you noted. I mean, to me, it's amazing that the Vikings lead the NFL in sacks, right, with Daniil yeah. Hunter being out as, as long as he's been out and, and, you know, he's not coming back this year. Everson Griffin being out. And by the way, I know Zim was asked about Griffin today. I'll give you guys a, a mini scoop. I'll have it on TV tomorrow. But. Zim knows Everson Griffin's not coming back this year. He's just not, you know. I mean, first and foremost, let's just hope and pray, and you know, that, that he can get his life in order. And, you know, his recent Instagram posts, you know, alluding to, to the fact that, that he's bipolar, you know. But at least, you know, at this point, that's sort of under control. But, you know, in terms of him, you know, doing any sort of conditioning, you know, with the mindset of, of maybe coming back this year, no. That just hasn't been happening. And the Vikings have been told. Don't plan on Everson Griffin coming back, but yeah, Wanam and Lynch, you know, and go up and down the list of, of some of those D linemen. you're right in the secondary, not so much. But I agree. I think if we framed that question of Mike Zimmer again, I don't know how much further he goes beyond 25. Right. I don't know if he's going to 37 or 40. You know, but he <laughs> might say, okay, you know, I'll grant you a few guys. You know, and I think it he does can't have give a lot he can't give this guy Andre it. Patterson helping develop a lot of these D linemen. Yeah. You can't give Rick too well, much of it. <laughs> and,
3: and along those lines, and this is more just opinion than anything, but along those lines, you've heard him mention, you know, depth, you know, which again could could or cannot be a shot, maybe at Rick. And then you hear his comments about Kirk. And of course, this is kind of the three headed monster, right? You got Kirk, uh, Zim, and, and Rick. Is there like an accountability issue, maybe, that you feel like? Maybe all three of them lack that, right? I mean you hear Kirk deflect a lot, Zim of deflect a lot. No one I don't ever hear anyone saying, This is on me. This is my fault. I didn't coach him up enough. I didn't make the right play. I didn't draft the right guys. Can you speak at least to your opinion around the accountability that those three have uh amongst themselves?
2: Yeah, I mean I guess I'll disagree a little bit. I think there's been times after games where Zim will, will put the blame on On his shoulders. Yeah. Kirk Cousins oftentimes cites right after a game. Let me look at the film. But you talk to him on Wednesday, a few days later, you know, he'll admit, hey, I missed some throws. I did this. I did that wrong. Maybe not enough. You know, so I'll grant you that. You know, Spielman just it's so weird to me. The guy spent a year on television, worked at ESPN. Yet he does not want anything to do with with doing interviews. I mean, here and there. But, you know, it's pretty amazing just how how little he does you know, in terms of of granting access to the media, especially, like, on the record being recorded. Like, he'll do some sessions with us, but, like, he'll tell us specifically, you can't have your TV camera there. I'll talk to you, but just take down notes. You can process report what I'm saying, but I don't want to do it on camera. And I'm like, Rick, you spent a year on ESPN. Like, come on, you're plenty comfortable in front of the camera. Like, that to me is one of the great mysteries. But, yeah, I mean, I think, Heck, I think some of those guys are in, in job-saving mode. I think Zim's probably been in job-saving mode for a while. You know, I think that's what he was was doing back in early September when, when he was talking about the lack of depth, you know, starting to set up, hey, like if this thing goes, goes south, it's because I, I don't have enough bullets to fire. You know, so just trying to put himself in a position to be back in 2022. Because realistically speaking, if Mike Zimmer ends up losing his job in a few weeks— I don't think he's getting another head coaching job. We can argue whether he should or shouldn't, but I just don't think a franchise is hiring 65 year old or maybe 64, whatever he is, mid-60s, Mike Zimmer. And I know there's Pete Carroll's team out there, and he's 70, and maybe Pete Carroll gets another job, but I just don't think Zim's getting another head coaching job. He can get a defensive coordinator job, snap of the fingers. I mean, he's got a lot of friends he's highly thought of in league circles, but I just don't think he's getting another head coaching job. So. It's now or never. So I think he began that process back in training camp, laying the, the foundation, at least, you know, publicly to some extent for, for the Wilfs to realize, hey, if, if the year doesn't go as planned, because remember, you know, preseason internally, the expectations were far higher than the seventh seed. Trust me. I mean, they were talking, hey, we're going to win the NFC North. Hey, we can make a significant run in January. Uh, they're not happy with the seventh seed. They'll happily take the seventh seed at this point, but that wasn't the plan preseason but I'm telling you I think a lot of it was Mike Zimmer laying the groundwork for hey if you're going to fire me I just want to lay out the evidence as much as I can publicly that this isn't all my fault.
0: So so I do have a, a, a quick question or follow-up off of that so obviously we've talked about how the expectations were a lot higher um, so this is kind of a two-headed question what what at this point in time What do you think the likelihood is that Zimmer is retained as head coach next year? And if he's let go, I know you mentioned Pete Carroll's steam. Uh, Miles was talking to us earlier about maybe some Doug Peterson steam uh, being interested in this job. What, What do you know right now about Mike Zimmer's spot as head coach and maybe some potential fits to replace him?
2: As we sit here at 819, on the night of December twenty second, do I think the Wils, Ziggy and Mark specifically, there's other Wilfs involved, but those two specifically, do I think they've come to the conclusion that they are firing Mike Zimmer? I don't. Do I think on background, you know, doing their due diligence on on some potential candidates, including at least maybe one of the names you just you just laid out, Matt? Yeah, I think that's been happening. I think that's been happening for for a number of weeks. You know, I'll say this much, you know, I don't know who Charlie Walters of the Pioneer Press is talking to specifically. I have an idea, but I certainly won't won't say it publicly, but I I don't know 100%, but I have a feeling it's it's somebody very, very, very high up. So he, you know, when he's writing the names Doug Peterson and Pete Carroll, he's not doing it randomly. And I don't think it's somebody Mm -hmm. planting something on you know peterson's behalf or carol's behalf that it's coming from you know the agent for one of those guys i think it's somebody more tied into to the vikings ownership group i do you know without specifically naming names uh so i think there's there's some legs there i do you know so you know i would keep an eye on, on certainly those two names but like to me like how could you not go the route if you're going to make a move how do you not go the route of bringing in a an innovative offensive mind, you know, whether it's a Byron Leftwich, you know, if you think Eric Biennemi is that guy, you know, certainly Kellen Moore in Dallas has enough fans across the league. Like, I don't know how you wouldn't go that route. Like, I don't know how you could justify hiring 70-year-old Pete Carroll or even 60-something-year-old or late 50s-something, you know, Doug Peterson, even with, with him winning the Super Bowl here in in the Twin Cities. You know, maybe you could sell Doug a little bit more than Pete, but, I still think you need to go with, with one of these up and comers, you know, somebody that's that's knocking on the door of of being a head coach. But I'm just telling you, I, I don't think any any sort of final determination has been made here in in late December. I, I really don't. You know, and I think Zim's earned that right. He's earned the benefit of the doubt. You know, there's been a lot of good. You know, if he ends up losing his job in a few weeks, I think we'll look back and say he, he certainly wasn't a failure as the head coach. You know, I know we probably wanted a, a couple more playoff victories. You know, beyond the, the what the two, including you know one via miracle. Although I guess maybe the Blair Walsh miss at TCF Stadium, you know, against Seattle, maybe that evens out the the miracle with <laughs> with Walsh missing the short field goal. So maybe it should have been two. You know, regardless, you know, and people are going to be upset. You know, blown out in Philly in the NFC title game, blown out in San Francisco in the in the divisional round after after winning the the first round game in New Orleans. January of of 2020, but there's been a lot of good, but I'm just telling you, Matt, I, I really don't think, you know, maybe I'll be proven wrong on this, but I really don't sense. And certainly I've been digging on this. I mean, this is top of my mind, you know, work-wise as much as anything, Mike Zimmer's future. And I just don't have the sense the Wilfs have come to the firm conclusion. They are cutting the cord, whether that's January 10th, or if they make the playoffs, you know, January 16th, if they play that Saturday or if they end up playing that Sunday, you know, whatever that Sunday is, January 16th, if they end up cutting the cord on, on Monday, January 17th. I just don't think we're to that point. Could we get to that point? Absolutely. If I had to bet, yeah, I think we'll probably have some news sometime in January. But I'm just telling you, I, I don't think they've come
0: to any final conclusion right this second. Sorry, my my but mic was muted there. That's a that's a that's a that's the answer I was looking for, I guess. Uh saying I'm probably one of the few Mike Zimmer stands within this uh climb in the pocket group. So um <laughs> thanks for ask, ask, answering that one. Well I mean Matt, uh, I'll I did say have another. much.
2: Like be careful. I mean my message to some biking stands would be be careful what you wish for. Like yeah. how much better are you doing than Mike Zimmer? It's the same argument I have with Kirk Cousins, like yeah, yeah, I mean, there's warts there, don't get me wrong, but, you know, are you immediately doing better than Kirk Cousins if you decide to move on from him after after the year? I mean, just be careful. Now, some Vikings fans might say, you know what, like, to get to where we want to get to, you got to hit rock bottom first, and so we're fine hitting rock bottom in 2022, but, like, as far as what I can tell with the Wilts, you know, knowing, you know, their, their doings enough, you know, they've been owners now for, what, almost, what, two decades, I mean, there's a lengthy yeah. track record there now with the Wilfs. They're not interested in hitting the reset button. You know, so, well, you know, they yeah. can they can find different ways to, to you know, still be pretty darn competitive in 2022. And, you know, if that's the plan, and as far as I know, that's the plan to be competitive in 2022, you know, there's probably a strong likelihood that, that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. Yeah, maybe we do have a different head coach. But, like, I don't think they're blowing this thing entirely up. Like, I'd be surprised – If it's fully blown up, you know, with with Rick, Rick Spielman dismissed, Zimmer dismissed and uh, Kirk Cousins traded. Uh, You know, I I think if Rick Spielman, if something happens on Spielman, you know, do they go the John Elway route? Right. Where he's still a part of the organization. Like I would not be shocked if if something like that occurred, because I do think you can make the case if you're going to fire Zimmer, Zimmer and Spielman are are attached to the hip in many ways. But I don't think they're going to outright like, tell Rick to hit the road. Uh, I think there's too tight of a relationship there with the Wills, going back to 06 uh, with Rick. Uh, I would be surprised if they completely cut the cord on Rick Spielman.
4: To push back real quick, Doogie, on, on the being uh, be careful what you wish for, Like I think the point, for me at least as a fan, is we're, we're not good enough for me to, be, to, to, be, to accept what's currently going on. So I'm not as worried about like taking a step back because they haven't done enough to take that step forward to justify continuing down the same path that they've been going. Especially when you talk about having eight years of 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 Zim and you know a decade of Rick Spielman. You know, with those two guys specifically, then you tie in Kirk and his contract and and those things. It's kind of like we've had a large enough sample size of of what's of what this has been with those guys. And then and, and to your point about. Sometimes you need to take a step back to take a step forward. We we kind of have seen where where this regime can go, and it's not as far as it, we'd like it to, to go. And I think everybody could probably agree with that. And to that, to that same point, it's you got to try something new at some point because the same stuff over and over again is keeping them in that 500, maybe a game over 500 realm, and that's just not acceptable.
2: That's fair, Miles. I mean, that's completely fair, and that's why – if I had to predict we're gonna see some sort of change come January. Right. I just don't know if they're they're gonna blow the whole thing up. But I, I can certainly see a coaching change mm-hmm. coming. And that's that's plenty fair. We can also debate what exactly is a step backwards. Like they're right. gonna end up finishing this season, what, nine and eight or eight and nine? You know, you still have enough yeah. talent in place where, you know, is five wins if they end up with five or six wins. That's not any sort right. of significant step backwards. You know, and, and based on last year, what were they last year? Under 500, right? Were they 7-9 and nine yep. last year? Can't even remember. But, yep. you know, they weren't great last year. They weren't over 500 last year. So if you look at the totality of of, of two consecutive seasons, you know, step backwards really isn't that much, you know. I, I have a hard time believing they'd be like in the Detroit Lions boat, right, or the Jacksonville Jaguars right. boat. There's still too much talent in the building, even with the guys that are expiring contracts and, and the change – we may end up seeing in terms of of the roster. There's still going to be enough really good players in the building that, yeah, uh, it would be hard for them to really hit rock bottom, you know. So that's why, I, this, that's franchise, why I the, this franchise the idea yeah. is they're going to find a way to compete next year. You know, make a change with yeah, with the yeah. coach. You know, bring somebody in that can manage the clock a little bit better. You know, make better in-game decisions. Uh, you know, maybe find a way to keep Andre Patterson around, have him coordinate the defense. Uh, he knows the personnel. Uh, keep his son on staff. You know, find a way to to keep that relationship going and and go from there. Like I wouldn't be shocked if if something along those lines is what ends up taking place.
3: To, to your point, quick about not blowing everything up and Kirk Cousins. You know, you can see him sticking around, obviously, because they don't want to just tear everything down. Um, obviously, he's hitting his last year of his contract. No team wants to go into the final year of a contract with a quarterback. um so either you know again to your to your point, you either trade or extend. and again, if you're going into this i don't know pseudo retool rebuild, whatever you're talking uh, with a new coach, um, do you really want to you know be extending a quarterback? and uh of that of that price and if you do for how long right i mean obviously i can probably get behind a four-year extension or something like that but when you keep doing these two-year extensions it just leaves you zero flexibility and it it really kills your your cap right um because you just can't like move money around and flex so what route again i know this is all speculation but like what route would you see in that scenario playing out do you, you see us handing out a tier contract Well, I mean, I'll trying say to go much. long term? Or?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we know, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's speculation. I mean, I think it's common sense that we know that Kirk Cousins is not playing next year under his current terms, right? So right. there's something that needs to happen with that contract. Heck, if he gets traded, his new team would, would give him an extension, rework his 2022 cap number. If he's here, the Vikings are going to rework his twenty twenty two cap number. You can't have him on the cap at, at that number next year. I forget the exact number, but it's it's 45. 45. north of thirty. It, heck, is the cap number forty-five? Is salary thirty-five? Yeah. The cap hits forty-five. I don't have it right here in front yep. of me, but it's an absurdly high number. We all know that. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if it would be a two-year extension, a three-year extension, four-year. I just know that that he can't be here, he can't be anywhere under the terms currently of his of his twenty twenty-two. Number. The Vikings have an excellent relationship with his agent. So, you know, I can see Rob Brzezinski working his magic. Uh, by the way, if they end up making a change with Rick, uh, I would bet a lot of money Rob's not going anywhere. You know, yeah. uh, if they brought in, you know, you name the, the candidate, uh, Rob Rosinski's still going to be this team's capologist. Uh, so Rob can always find a way. I, but I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I guess I could <laughs> guess that you'd go at least, you know, two years out, you know, maybe more realistically three. Uh, that seems to be kind of the the hot spot uh with cousins three years uh, so Do you have any three, sense you know I guess if I had to guess but all I know is you're not you're not having them under that twenty twenty two number you're just not you have any sense doogie so like
4: that's the one that's been my biggest hold up with Kirk more than anything is I'm all for players taking and getting as much as they can leverage take as much of your leverage as you can and use it and maximize your dollars every player should when they get that opportunity so i'll I'll never fault a player for it. But at a certain point, when it's Kirk Cousins, it's not even giving money back. But it's the like length of the contracts because he keeps the shorter deals to keep the leverage, right? Like that's in the and the Vikings have to keep the shorter keep keep giving shorter deals because they have no other leverage. So it's the question is at some point does Kirk decide I want to solidify Minnesota as my home, as my place, as the place I want to like retire, whatever long term. Decide that he'd rather do a long term four or five year extension and just kind of be done with it and, and in that capacity decide that could help the team long term longer term rather than this every year the vikings have to keep pushing money out further and further because they can't touch his contract they have to touch adam Thielen, they have to touch all these other guys and anthony barr any sense on that and again i'm i'm, I'm very much for players doing what they got to do but at some point it feels like This road and that 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 Kirk's going down has to it either has to end or they have to they can't keep doing the short term.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Miles, my sense is Kirk, you know, uh, team friendly and Kirk are not are not words you're going to end up using in the in the same sentence. You're just not. Yep. You know. Now he may offer some sort of flexibility. I'm not suggesting you know like no chance, but like in terms of some sort of team friendly. And we can we can debate what exactly a team friendly extension would look like, but I'm just telling you, like, no way, I don't see it. There's just there's no yeah. reason. There's there's nothing to suggest that Kirk Cousins. And you're right, it's all about you know maximizing a pretty finite amount of time to to maximize your your earning potential. Uh, I don't see him bending on that. I, Miles, I would be shocked if he bent on yeah. that. I really would. I just there's there's nothing to suggest, and I'm not going to hold that against him. You're right. It's such a short no. amount of time, you know, especially in this yeah. sport, you know, other sports. Yeah, but specifically this sport more so than than others, you know, like he's not <laughs> I just yeah. I'd be shocked. I really would. Yeah, I've been proven wrong before. Yeah. I've been shocked plenty of times, <laughs> but like I would be shocked on this one if, if he bended a ton, maybe a little bit. But, yeah. but I don't see him bending a ton. Yeah. I really don't.
4: And that's why they got to move on, in my opinion. But again, that's another debate we can have later on.
0: <laughs> um, I want to be cognizant of, of, of time. I know, Miles, you you said you only had a half hour. I don't know how much time you have tonight, Duke. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I did want to kind of shift the focus back to the current season. I, I think we're getting too off-season heavy when we still got three games to go. Uh, I know there was a uh, – some fans were kind of riled up, was it yesterday, uh, when – Daniil Hunter was removed from the COVID list and a lot of fans started to think he was, he was back. But I, I do have a question for you because um, we've seen it done before with this, with this torn pec. Uh, is there any sense that if we made the playoffs, Daniil Hunter could make a return or is, is his season just absolutely done?
2: Yeah, man, I think it's the latter. Uh, okay. I have not been told now. The guy I'm I'm trying to dig on. I wish I had the answer for you. Is Irv Smith Jr. You know when he yeah, underwent that, that meniscus too. surgery. Yeah, back in the summer, you know it was it was viewed as a four to five month type recovery. Well, we're now at the at the four month mark. Uh, Zim was asked about Irv Smith Jr. on on Saturday. I'll just tell you, reading the body language of Zim, it didn't look real encouraging to me. But I'm I'm reading between the lines somewhat. There, I've been chasing an Irv Smith Jr. update. Uh unfortunately three people that would know stuff haven't texted me back yet, but I've been chasing that for the last forty-eight hours. So that's the one I'm trying to find out on. I would be shocked if Daniil Hunter comes back and I'm telling you Everson Griffin, you know, they've been told he's not coming back. You know, Adam Thielen as well. You know, he met with us today. Uh I can tell you, uh when he initially got hurt, I guess it would have been what, the Detroit game? That was what, December 5th? Uh it's a grade two slash grade three, like right on the border of grade two, grade three of that of that high ankle sprain. I mean, that's typically like a like a five, six, seven-ish week recovery. And so like Adam Thielen has no business playing against the Rams. He really has no business playing against the Packers and probably doesn't have business playing week eighteen against the Bears. Maybe if they make the playoffs, then he could come back. But like he told us today, and and I know he's wired differently. Like, Dalvin Cook's wired differently. Adam Thielen's wired that same different way. Like, Adam Thielen was trying to get back for the Pittsburgh game. Like, I'm not making this up. Like, he was trying to fight like heck to play in that Thursday night Pittsburgh game. Okay, that was a bit aggressive. You know, I knew when he went to Chicago, flew on the plane, he woke up Monday morning with the mindset, I'm playing tonight against the Bears. You know, and Andrew Kramer the Star Tribune put the video out. Uh, we have some video that we shot pregame. I mean, you know, I've seen the video. He wasn't moving very well. Like you saw him moving pregame Monday night. You're like, yeah, he's going to be out still for a while. But I'm telling you, he's he's wired so differently. Uh, they may find a way. Maybe he's used more as a decoy. And, you know, I don't know if he plays this Sunday. This Sunday might be, that might be pushing it pretty good. But maybe he's back for, for one of those games in January, if not the Packers game, the Bears game. But you know, that'd be the other one I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. I, I don't think it's a season-ending injury. So I do think we'll see Phelan back at some point this season. Uh, and Irv Smith Jr. is the other one I'm trying to dig on. So if I have an update, I'll, I'll throw something on, on Twitter or on Channel 5 or on Score North in the next, you know, 24 hours or so. But on Daniel, I would not anticipate Daniel coming back this season.
0: Yeah, Miles. Miles told me not to to really ask that question. He's like, "There's no way he's coming back." But <laughs> I just had he to double check, right?
4: He he tore his peck. I was like, "How is there in any way in hell that, that dude's coming back in
2: a month and a half?"
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's
2: not. Um, and trust me, he's another. I mean, they have a lot of guys in that locker room that are that are freaks of nature, right? That are that are wired completely differently. Uh, and i put him in that category. Uh, but yeah torn pack miles yeah you know it he's he's not coming back in in late december early january i'm sorry we'll we'll hopefully see daniel hunter next year uh you know there's some work to be done in that regard but i I think we'll see daniel hunter here next year i really do Uh, they'll get that work done uh
0: but yeah he's not coming back this year fair enough fair enough miles anything before you take off here
4: no, I just want to say thanks, Dougie. This has been great. Um, no, I honestly, I the Vikings are a long shot to make the playoffs, but hey, <laughs> it's in their hands. Make the playoffs, right? Like, that, what else can you ask for? This is they put themselves in this position, so uh, go get it done.
0: Absolutely,
2: Miles. Call me nuts. And by the way, I'm glad to do this. I appreciate you guys having me on. So <laughs> thank you. I, I think they make the playoffs. I do. I think they beat the Rams, and I think they beat the Bears, and I think nine and eight gets them in. You know, maybe I'll be proven wrong on yeah, that I mean, one. Yeah, uh, but I think they find a way. And I get it. Philadelphia's schedule is incredibly favorable. I also saw the Eagles head coach now has COVID. Miles Sanders got dinged up in last night's game. Philadelphia isn't all that good either, uh, so they could easily heck. Philadelphia could lose to the Giants on Sunday. If I had to bet, Philly probably beats the Giants on Sunday. But like, I'm not convinced <laughs> Philadelphia is running the table to get to ten and seven. So. The Vikings would have the tiebreaker, as far as I can tell. Ninety-eight Vikings, ninety-eight Eagles. I think the Vikings find a way. I do, you know. And maybe New Orleans has something in them, but like going back to Sunday night, like I just don't see how that offense is capable. I really don't. The defense Somebody's is gotta great. Take it. You know, maybe they beat Miami on Monday. I'm looking forward to that game on Monday. Saints Dolphins is, is a good Monday night game. Uh, but I, I think the Vikings find a way. You know, and I just, I, I don't trust the Saints. I don't trust the Saints enough. I don't trust the Eagles enough, so I think the Vikings get in as the seventh seed. Somebody's got to make it. so Why not the Vikings? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's to their benefit, you know, that a couple years ago or whatever it was last year, you know, the, the league added a, a seventh team in, in each conference, you know, maybe one was the wisest choice. Uh, you're probably going to have a, a team that's maybe not worthy of making the postseason make it year in and year out. Maybe it's multiple teams. Uh, heck, you saw what? Washington last year when the NFC East was with, with a less than 500 record. So, heck, you could win your division and still not be a worthy playoff team. But yeah, it's not going to weigh. Heck, if anything, in a few years, the, the league will add a, an eighth playoff team to each conference. Trust me, they want to monetize the postseason as much as they can. So they're not going to subtract playoff teams. If anything, they'll one day add playoff teams. But I just I think they find a way. You're right. So many miles has to make it as the seventh seed. I think it'll end up being the Vikings. Now, there might be some people watching and listening to this saying, like, are you nuts? Like, the Rams are going to beat the Vikings on Sunday. Like, you're a fool. Like, the Rams are going to find a way to win that game. I just think short week, having to travel, like, I think there's a lot of things in the Vikings' favor heading into Sunday. The Rams have been starting slow the last few weeks. You know, the Vikings can jump up on the Rams, find a way to get up 7 nothing, 10 nothing, maybe 14 nothing. And I think, you know, Zim's got the book on, on Matthew Stafford enough. I think they can they can fluster him enough. I think the Vikings find a way. It'll probably be another one-score game, I'm sure. But uh, I think the oh, Vikings. you know it's going to be a one-score
4: game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if it's a touchdown at the buzzer, right? The Bears made it a one-score yeah. game because of that that touchdown at the buzzer. Yeah, <laughs> figure one way or another, somehow, some way, it's going to be a one-score game.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't, I don't well, know if my body can take many more games like that, but. I'm in it for the long haul, so well, I, I hope you're right. Buckle up, Matt.
2: It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I've always
0: been. Well, well, I'm going go. I, I, to
4: go. Hey, I just want fa- to say thanks and happy holidays and Merry Cri- merry Christmas and happy holidays,
0: everybody. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on, Miles. Thanks, Duty, Miles. How much time we got left with you? I
2: got a couple minutes. Uh, I better right, go start right. editing our 9 our o'clock sports hits, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got. Heck, I got to look at the rundown, but we've got something we're we're featuring. Andre Patterson had a great soundbite today about DJ Wanham so I got to go track that oh. down in our in our computer system, and I got to cut the uh, the Gopher basketball highlights
0: for. I think nine o'clock. I did, but the the ten o'clock news. So I, I got a
2: few more minutes, though.
0: Okay, well, let's ask just a, a couple more questions here. Uh, Mine will probably be a little bit easier because I feel like the 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 story's already out there, but something that I feel like came and went pretty quickly without much conversation a lot of people have shut it down but Bashad Breeland getting released obviously we heard the story from multiple reports this past weekend of a, a dispute on the field you know Rick Spielman had this to, to step in is there anything uh, that we don't know that that you maybe could tell us that that went on or or what kind of led to just his departure because I can't imagine it was just a an isolated incident I feel like there might be more to this story than than we're led to believe
2: sure there's more to the story I'm shocked he made it this far that he made it all the way to Saturday like if I had to bet uh, I would have I would have said he was he was getting released you know weeks prior uh, I'm not even quite sure why they signed him to begin with like there's there's enough of a track record there there just is. I know Zim was desperate for some DB help, but they should have probably gone a different direction. Drake Kirkpatrick or, you know, somebody of that ilk that was out there at that yeah. time over over Bashad Breeland. Uh but yeah, I mean it culminated on Saturday. You know, Dalvin Cook was was front and center. Dalvin deflected all questions today about about what took place on Saturday, but he squarely was was in that mix. Uh, Zim was in that mix. The DBs coach was in that mix. Yes, yeah, Spielman eventually brought Breland up to the office. Uh, yeah, I mean, if this was an isolated incident, you know, maybe they could have found a way to dismiss it. Even with his track record, uh, but yeah, he had been he had been a disruption at at other points during practice. There's a lot of stuff that happens in practice that we don't hear. I'm about. sure, yeah, you know, or maybe I end up hearing something, but like, what the heck am I going to do with it? Like, right? You know, there's there's a story about. One of my colleagues, uh, and I'm pretty sure he's spot on. I think I know where he got it from. Uh, said that, that uh, there was something with, with one of the Viking star players on Friday. That there was a little brouhaha. And the player had to go get an eye exam. Uh, just to make sure that, that there was no cornea damage. Uh, sounds like oh, the man. player was fine. There, there was nothing there. But it was to the point of he had to at least go get his eye checked. Uh, There's stuff like that that happens all the time in practice. Uh, It gets chippy. You know, it really does. Yeah. Uh, You know, there's a reason why they kick us reporters out after, you know, eight minutes or so. Uh, They don't (laughs) want to sing a lot of that stuff. Uh, So with Breland, yeah. uh, You know, I mean, as far as I know, nothing like overly crazy. uh, But yeah, I mean, he's got the motor mouth, right? A lot of trash talking, a lot of egging guys on, you know, being physical, maybe when you don't need to be physical, Uh, yeah, I'm just telling you, Matt, like, (laughs) I'm surprised he made it all the way until, you know, mid-December. I really am. Like, you know, I, I would have, I would have put the over-under if you had, if you had asked me, I would have put the over-under, like, you know, the Packers game, November 21st. I would have said by that time, he'll be long gone. Uh,
0: so, I mean, he made it longer than I would have thought. (laughs) Ryan, Dave, any, uh, any last, uh, questions here for Doogie?
3: No, we're, we're almost in the holiday time, we're, uh, uh, which means almost to the new year. Again, we only have a couple games left. What, what's been your favorite storyline this year?
2: My favorite storyline? That's an interesting question. Let me see if I can tap dance enough in my brain to come up with my favorite storyline. <laughs> I mean, something that you know probably doesn't get enough love is, is how much work Adam Thielen his foundation does. You know, I mean, they announced today... You know, making significant contributions to a number of charities in town. You know, I just—I don't think people realize the amount of work. It's not just the money, but it's also the time that he pours in. His wife pours in. Uh, others, uh, you know, part of uh, you know his agent, you know, and, and the agency, and, and a guy named Luke, and, and some others uh, behind the scenes. Just the amount of work they do to give back. You know, heck, one of my favorite stories was Dalvin Cook getting his degree. You know, going back to the summer you know, dedicating this year to his late father, you know, we're fast approaching the one year remembrance of, of his dad dying. Uh, His dad passed away late December of, of last year. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, I just think the roller coaster, like, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, right? You know, uh, winning when maybe they should have been losing, like the Detroit game here, the game in Carolina. Potentially, certainly the Detroit game here. Then losing when we thought, like, how could you lose, right? Like the game in Arizona, some others. Uh, Just the roller coaster. Like, I can't recall, you know, any sort of roller coaster quite like this. Trust me, they've provided, you know, plenty of drama throughout the year. Uh, You know, always providing fodder. But I don't remember it ever quite being like this. You know, then the easy answer would be just Justin Jefferson, Right? Like, I get it. Cooper Cup's in a different stratosphere. Maybe Cooper Cup should be the MVP of the NFL this year. Like, I don't think he's going to win it, but who is the MVP? You can make a case Cooper Cup should be the NFL MVP. You know, and certainly Devontae Adams in Green Bay is incredibly special. Tyreek Hill, some others. But Justin Jefferson, this fast, you know, ascending all the way up to, you know, we can debate, you know, is he number three, number four, number five? But like, He's certainly one of the five or six best receivers in the game. This happened really, really fast. Thank you, Philadelphia, for taking Jalen Rieger, (laughs) allowing Justin (laughs) Jefferson to fall to the Vikings. So just his brilliance. You know, and I, I don't think Harrison Smith gets enough love. Maybe it's just that position, you know, the safety position just isn't as sexy as some others. But, you know, him continuing to play at a really high level. You know, he'll one day be in the Vikings' ring of honor. So let's, you know, let's appreciate just how brilliant, how good Harrison Smith continues to be as he's now in his 30s.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt. You know,
1: the Vikings have led all 14 games this season. And 13 of them have been within one score. You talk about that roller coaster, that is absolutely insane. And I don't think it's been done before.
2: I don't think it's been done either. I mean, I guess somebody called it Live sports bureau or ESPN stats and info, but I can't imagine that's ever been done before. You're right. You know, so just, you know, heck, I can only imagine, you know, being a writer on deadline, you know, having to, you know, hit backspace how many different times, you know, late in the fourth quarter of a game where you have your story written and you got to rewrite it. And, you know, we've been in some interesting spots, you know, the, like the Dallas Sunday night game. We were right on oh, TV, you know, the second the game ended, just timed out, where we do a roundtable every Sunday night on Channel 5. And that game went all the way until, like, 10.35. And that's what time we hit on Sunday nights, right around 10.35. And so, like, the game literally ended, and we popped up on, on TV, and it's like, I'm still trying to digest what the heck I just saw. <laughs> like, did I really just see Cooper Rush, you know, lead the Dallas Cowboys to victory over the Vikings? And I'm still trying to comprehend What I saw, yet, you got to hop right on the air and be coherent and, you know, come up with with some, you know, at least semi-intelligent takes. And, you know, so there's been some interesting moments like that. But, yeah, I just, I can't remember anything quite like this. And that's why, like, it's darn near inevitable. Sunday against the Rams, it's going to come down to the final four minutes or two minutes. Uh, I'd imagine at Lambeau, you know, even though the Packers will have a ton to play for, presumably the number one seed, uh, I imagine on January 2nd, that game's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Maybe not quite the four-minute mark. Maybe it's a little bit earlier, but I imagine that will be a one-score game. And I don't know what the heck the Bears will have to play for week 18. Uh, but even example. so, you know, we just saw them with a bunch of backups on Monday night be competitive. So I'm sure the Bears will will find a way to make that game, uh, what is it, January 9th. I'm sure they'll find a way to make that game competitive here.
1: Well, Courtney said this week she has gone to typing three versions of the story. She has three word docs open Yeah, going into the last two minutes to figure out which one she's going to finish and publish.
0: I can't blame her. I bet.
2: Her. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, her and Ben Gessling and Chris Thomason and those guys just, you know, having to file, you know, pretty quick after the game that, that those outlets, ESPN, TwinCities.com, StarTribune.com, want something that they can post snap of the fingers when the game ends. And yeah. So yeah, she's, She's pretty darn smart to have three different traps, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: Doogie, oh, we want to thank you for being third time to the show. You've been fantastic. We would love to continue this relationship as the rest of the season, hopefully the playoffs go on and into the off season. If you're up for it, you've been awesome.
2: Always up for it, yeah. As long as we can match up schedules, you know that. Always happy to be on. Matt knows how to track me down. So, yeah, plan on it. Let's do this again in a few weeks sometime in January.
0: Sounds great. Absolutely. Doogie, thank you so much. Have a happy holidays with your family. Stay safe. Um, and, and we'll hit you up hopefully uh, hopefully when the Vikings make the playoffs, right? Let, let's hope for that.
2: Absolutely, Matt. Yeah, and for everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Heck, stay positive. Test negative, I suppose. Have a <laughs> wonderful wonderful Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone.
1: Merry Christmas, Thank Doogie.
2: you, Doogie. Merry Christmas. See you guys.
1: See it. and we'll flip to a three window. And I got to get everybody in the right spot.
0: Yes, I and mean we can we guy. can go any spot really.
1: Oh, well, I got to get you over there, and I can't see it because something's in the way.
0: Uh, I I know I haven't called it out yet, but everybody in the chat, thank you. Uh, I know there were a lot of questions firing. Uh, we only have Do- Doogie stayed on for a lot longer than I thought tonight. I'm very, very appreciative of that. Um, he's becoming a very good friend of the show here, and uh, hopefully we can have him, especially in the off season. Doogie in the off season is going to be just a, a great person to be on this show. He's going to have all those scoops you, you heard tonight with Everson Griffin. That one. Uh, he's digging for that Irv Smith Jr. scoop. Um, you know, tonight talking about how how, how the Wils have not decided yet on Mike Zimmer's future as the head coach, which for some is bad news for others is good news. Um, I, I would be on the latter side of that. Know, uh, but we still have a little, Dookie tonight. we still have a little bit of show left to go. And Ryan has been quiet tonight. Uh, rightfully so. Right. I mean, we, we had a guest of honor, but let's fly through the quick recap of the bears game. Let's fly through, uh, previewing the Rams let's do a score prediction and let's uh let's head out to the holidays so Ryan Dave what are your thoughts on Monday's night's victory over the Chicago Bears
3: um I've learned that we just need I guess take the victories as they come and be grateful for them um it, it it stinks that you know we had a prime opportunity to completely get rid of this one score game mentality and, and really, and I know we basically did, right. They scored in the final play, but like get rid of this one score mentality and actually blow a team out. And, and we were in a prime position to do so. Obviously it's an, it's a a interconference game or I'm sorry, interdivisional game. So it's always going to be played tough, but I mean, with them not having a starting member in their secondary um, down, you know, some key players and, and for us to not be able to execute, um, effectively on offense I mean it was quite disappointing obviously they really mitigated our run game which obviously last week went off for you know 200 plus so we are expecting you know at least some some positive work there and that was pretty mitigated uh and then I don't know what it was Kirk Cousins just wasn't on his game uh you know I part of that was offensive line uh, I know Keem Hicks just completely had a day um both in the run game and in the pass rush uh, game uh but at the same time, there were times where Kirk had opportunities and missed throws or, uh, or whatnot, so, or we missed catches. So I think it was overall offensively was just a poor showing. Uh, glad we got out of the way because we won't be able to afford to be able to do that next week. Uh, we're not going to be playing uh, a beat-up Justin Fields and You know, a beat-up offensive line for the Bears uh, that, or that the Bears have. So we're really going to have to uh, kind of put that game in the uh, rearview mirror focus ahead on on the Rams, which is going to be a much tougher challenge, both defensively and offensively. Um, so um, glad we got the bad game out, off our chest and still was able to come away with a win. But, it, again, it was a little disappointing not to see a big blowout like we deserved to see.
0: I think what makes uh, Monday's victory so frustrating, like we're sitting here looking at the, the playoff picture after the, the Vikings won, we're in the seventh seed, thankfully, right? we It's the its the old cliche. It's not even a cliche, but it, it just happens every year. Vikings control their own destiny, right? It's at some point in December we hear that phrase, right? And here we are uh, a few days before Christmas. The Vikings control their own destiny. But what makes it so frustrating, and Doogie talked about it earlier, right? You make a field goal uh, versus Arizona. You're 8-6. and six. You actually close out Detroit you know you're nine and five like these things would cement us into that sixth seed and for sure into the playoffs right like you could you could go one and three if 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 you took those two games um and you would still be um in the playoffs so it, it 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 is frustrating uh that, that, that's what I keep coming back to after these wins. Like, I'm glad we're fighting. I'm glad we're pulling them out here against teams we should win against, but it, it still is is frustrating. So, um, Dave, any thoughts from, from Monday Night's Game?
1: Uh, it is frustrating that we play to our opponent versus playing just good ball all the time. There's something that came out today, and that was in the injury report. Kirk Cousins was on it for the first time in since 2013 with ribs injury. We don't know what that was. He was supposedly, theoretically, because it was only uh, simulated, uh, limited in practice. And Cole, Mason Cole, who had a horrible night against Akeem Hicks, which most guards do, He's on there for, he was DNP for an elbow injury. So, we might see Joseph's favorite player, Oli Udo, back over at right guard this weekend if Mason Cole doesn't get healthy quick enough. So, And I wanted to answer Joseph's question. He wanted to know what I was drinking. I'm drinking Cano Bliss IPA from Oscar Blues tonight.
0: All right, let's do it. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams coming. Ryan, are you going on Sunday?
3: Uh, yeah, I'll be there. Um, I think uh, my wife and I are going to be able to make it in.
0: Your track record is good outside of that yeah, Cowboys we've,
3: uh, <laughs> uh Yeah, I was going say Cowboys and Browns, uh, we lost, but we've won the other ones I bet that this year. Um, which ironically though those two games are I went with my son. So um again, not an overly superstitious oh, person. Oh, so you're saying your son's
1: went... the good luck charm and if you if we lose this weekend you're blaming the wife.
3: Uh <laughs> no, actually opposite, opposite. So uh every game I've been to with my wife uh or friends, we've won. Uh, every game I've been to with my son we've lost. We've lost. So I, I so, uh, eventually him and I are going to break that trend at some point, uh, but it won't be this Sunday. So, um, Do it on the bears yeah, no, we'll be, week in the I did get uh, those tickets away. So some of my buddies <laughs> can all go to the game. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're not going to be at the bears game. So, uh, may need to scalp some tickets if, if I, uh, if it comes down to that game and needing a win and I have my good luck streak continuing with the Rams here. But um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting game. I think uh, again, obviously people see the Rams see this high powered offense, Cooper cup setting records Um, you know, Matthew Stafford revitalizing this offense from what Jared Goff brought to it. Um, And, 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 and again, obviously a stifling defense, Aaron Donald and, Jalen Ramsey and and you know you can go on and on with some of these names however um they're not they're, they're, I don't think that they are a team that I'm overly scared of do I think we lose maybe I mean they're a good team I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a sure win but they're definitely not unbeatable I'm definitely more scared even though we beat them more scared of the Packers than I am of the Rams. The Rams have put up some, mm-hmm. laid some eggs. They barely just beat the Seahawks again, inter interdivision game, always a tough game. But they barely just beat the Seahawks um, with you know if it weren't they for a blown uh, if it weren't for a blown PI call, they might have you know the Seahawks might have tied that game, right? So um, yes, you're right. They lost to the Niners, um, and, and they've lost to, to teams or have like had really close games with teams that you know we've either played really well or that we've beaten so um it's definitely not something that i'm overly scared of i think that we can definitely put up a good fight stafford is not uh immune to playing poorly against a mike zimmer defense um We have to be on our P's and Q's. I wouldn't be uh, surprised if Jalen Ramsey shadows Jefferson all game. I know they've been playing him a little bit differently this year, kind of more like a um, Joker-type defender. But, you know, with him being able to shadow our best player, especially with Jalen out, um, would really be a hit against us. But Jefferson's been known to play good against really elite competition as well. So I, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm scared of him going up against anyone, and that includes the best corner in the league, um, Aaron Donald does frighten me. Uh, the way our interior played this last week uh, against Akeem Hicks. Can
0: I interrupt you there? Yeah, I want to. I want to ask you about Aaron Donald for a second because, and this is what always surprises me about like Akeem Hicks and Kenny Clark. So when we, I feel like when we face teams with elite defensive linemen that are outside our division. Zimmer does a really good job of scheming them out. Like, if we look at like the Browns' defensive line, right? Like with Miles Garrett and, and Davion Clowney, like schemed those guys out of the picture. I'm blanking on a couple others, but historically, Zimmer does a good job keying in on on those types of players and making sure they're a non-factor in the game. But he doesn't do it against divisional opponents he always lets kenny clark get the best of us akeem hicks eventually uh thibodeau when the lions get him next year i I, i'm just predicting that now those people always seem to do well so i I, i'll let you continue i know you said you were nervous for aaron donald but i i think i kind of feel the opposite for some reason
3: yeah and, and i i guess i can kind of see where you're coming from there i i think we do actually handle um d ends very well joey bosa again we handled very well in that game i know he made some plays but we handled them pretty well miles garrett and and Clowney you had mentioned and and again there's a list and list of, of players that are good the difference though is that when we haven't when we play elite interior players whether they're in conference or not kenny clark akeem hicks you got aaron donald you got um uh, Chris Jones, we played I think like last year, and he tore us up uh, for the Chiefs. Grady Jarrett uh, for the for the Falcons just tore us up that one year. Um, we until we can solidify that interior, especially where Bradbury and the right guard are, because Ezra Cleveland has played well this year. We should the one big takeaway from this year on the offensive line outside of O'Neal just continuing to be dominant. That was my breakout. Mm-hmm. Ezra, uh, Ezra Cleveland has played fantastic, and Darius. I know Dar- People are going to sit here and say Darius played poorly last week. He had two bad. Well, he probably had a few bad plays, but um, he had two that stuck out. Obviously, that ended up in sacks. But outside of that, and specifically in the run game, he had a fantastic game. Um, so yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, sh- you know. Uh, Say he played poorly because I don't think he really did outside of a couple of plays, and that is going to happen. We do need to mitigate those sacks as much as possible. But I think he's played well. Ezra Cleveland has shown to be a very capable guard. Um, so where I'm worried, and again, other teams know this, you scheme your best interior players to go against our right guard, whoever it may be this week. It might be Oludo. And uh, in Bradbury and specifically trying to get Bradbury in one on one pass reps, if you can, which three, four teams have a tendency to be able to do that more so than uh, teams who run a a standard 4 three base, uh, um, which the the Rams are more of a three, four uh, base team. So we're going to see a lot of Aaron Donald schemed uh, up against um, either uh, the right guard, Ezra Cleveland or. Again, make making some games to get him against Pierre Bradbury one on one, and that's where I'm concerned. So where we need to mitigate that is again a strong run game, which the Rams are, you know, pretty good against the run. But I think we can still, you know, Dalvin Cook's Dalvin Cook, right? He did look out step slow last week, though. He really did. I don't know if he was just getting beat up a lot by Akeem Hicks and company, but he did seem to step slow. Actually, Kenny Wangu actually looked more spry, more. Um, uh, you know, great. he he had a electric electricity to his, you know, when he was touching the ball. Um,
1: not oh, he's saying fresh, he, he's right? better than Dalvin, eleven yards, yeah,
2: exactly,
1: more than eleven yards per carry on only three carries, and it was just like if he's hitting over eleven yards per carry on three carries, you need to give him the ball more. That was one of the frustrations yeah. for Monday night. Alexander Madison yeah, came sure. off COVID today, so yeah, and I'm not happy about receive. that. I think
3: he. I think we should really lean in on the Kenne wongu train and, and, and Madison being more so a spell to maybe a first and second down Dalvin. Uh, but he shouldn't be touching the field on third downs. That should be Kenne uh, as more of the change of pace back when Dalvin Absolutely. can't go uh, um, But anyway, so I, I'm a little nervous about, about Darren Donald. Uh, and they have other good players on that defensive line as well. Von Miller, future of Von Miller is the new acquisition. He's uh, starting to come on a little bit as of late, uh, getting away f- further away from that injury. Um, and, and then uh, offensively, I mean, again, we we've heard about Cooper Cup. You got Van Jefferson, who is you know is playing super well as a deep threat. And then you got Odell, who's you know finally showing maybe a somewhat of a glimpse of what he used to be uh, for the, for the giants. So um, it, it should be interesting uh, to see how we try to mitigate that offense. I think I saw in a group chat today, um, you might just need to double Cooper with a safety and nickel or what closest corner to him yep. and then just go one-on-one everywhere else and hope for the best. And, um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I think uh, they have a good offensive line. Andrew Whitworth at like age 40 is still playing at a still. very high level. It's just insane. Um, and they got what's two running about? backs. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, what's crazy about Andrew Andrew Whitworth is I remember when the Rams signed him, right? Because it was right when Jared Goff got there and he was like, He chose them, I think, over the Vikings, right? Mm Because weren't we in discussions with him? It was the Riley Reef year, which is wild to think it's been that long. But it was the year that Riley Reef came to the Vikings. Andrew Whitworth chose the Rams over us because it was Jared Goff. It was Sean McVay. It was like, I want to be with a competitive team, whatever. But the fact that he's still playing at 40 years old and he's still elite, right? Uh, we're, we're, we're even seeing it with Trent Williams, too, who the Vikings were also connected to at one point in time. Um, it, it is just – it's it's astonishing. And um, that was just my little little nugget there.
1: Uh, Joseph asked, why did we sign Dakota Dozier back to the team today? The reason is because um, Mason Cole was a DNP in and, uh, and the squad today on the injury report.
0: They need a backup. Ryan, a question for you about Odell Beckham. Uh, You're a fan of his. He played with Baker. Um, Are you nervous about him facing us again for the second time this season? Uh, Typically only NFC North opponents get the chance to play us twice. (laughs) And I don't know if maybe I'm overthinking this, but I'm, I'm wondering if Odell maybe has some extra insight he can give this Rams offense to like, hey, this is how they played us when I was with the Browns. Um, here's something we can exploit that they haven't fixed yet because I'm seeing it on tape because typically you play an opponent, you forget about them. Right. But now Odell's yeah. played us and he's playing us again with a better team.
3: Yeah. With, uh, yeah. I, I understand, I guess, kind of the concept there also, it, it is a different scheme completely though. Right. I mean, the, the, um, the Browns and the, and the, the Rams play a, a very different scheme. So I I wouldn't say very different scheme. They're actually kind of similar, but they're, they're not, they're not so alike where, um, where we're going to, we're going to scheme defensively the same against the Browns as we are going to be against the the Rams, but he can provide some insightful insights uh, to what we're trying to do specifically to him and to the other receivers. Um, And the thing is, is he toasted us. We're lucky that Baker was off his game that day, but he toasted us. I mean, if Baker uh, hits him, you know, in stride three different times, there's touchdowns. Uh, one yeah. hit, I think, the back of our our DB's helmet. Uh, one, I think, uh, was just sailed, and then one, I think, uh, Odell dropped. So, I mean, there there's definitely there there's definitely he definitely got the best of us that day and we are lucky that it just wasn't executed. Otherwise that'd be one last one score game that we'd have in our tool belt there. Um, so yes, I, I think to your point, he he's going to have some insights as to how we are playing him and, and how we can probably expect it because obviously he's close to juice Landry, right? And, um, yeah. and so, you know, he's going to be able to get some insights on how we played the, the, the nickel uh, or, I'm sorry, how that we played the slot and whatnot, so I definitely think that there's gonna be some takeaways there, and we definitely need to make sure that we're doing a um, a better job being more effective in 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 man coverage, honestly, because I think we're gonna to need to play a little bit more of that this
2: week.
0: yeah, uh before we get to score predictions here, uh, I want from both of you. Uh, just some some keys to victory, Dave. I'll start with you. I, I kind of cut you off on on, on your, <laughs> well, that's okay. your little segment um, there, but uh, give me some keys to victory here.
1: Uh, pressure on golf is going to be a big one. The Vikings' tie record today for themselves. We've had fourteen multiple sack games. The Vikings haven't done that since nineteen seventy four. And that was a fourteen game season, and uh, they could break that by having multiple sack games and lots of pressure. Come Sunday,
0: that defensive line is playing very well without Griffin and Hunter, which gives me mm-hmm. Skullvikes, uh, which gives me a lot of a lot of hope. Wanham's um,
1: steadily I- gotten better, and Richardson has found a second life out there on the outside as defensive end.
0: Yep. Richardson uh, in I can't I, I wanted to talk to Doogie about this tonight and I forgot, but Michael Pierce is a the fact that he came back from a torn tricep this season. Yeah. Um elbow. <laughs> and yeah. Which they just called an elbow injury. Which well, technically I guess they're not wrong. Uh but he has been far in a way better than what I expected him to be in his appearances um, on the defensive line. And uh, Dalvin Thomason has probably been a little bit disappointing in that regard, but he probably does more that doesn't necessarily grab your attention. Um, He probably sucks up those double teams a little bit more. But uh, yes, Dave, I agree. Get that pressure, that defensive line. uh, They can build on that last game for sure. Um, Don't let that fake Justin Fields uh, kneel get Blake Lynch all up in his head, man. He he was, he can still do it. He can do it against Stafford this weekend. So uh, Ryan, what is your keys to victory uh, this weekend?
3: Yeah, I think uh, a quick and decisive pass game. Uh, Usually I'm all for trying to take big, deep shots, but Again, I just can't see how our interior holds up against Aaron Donald um, sufficiently. So I think to mitigate that, you're making quick decisions in the pass game. You're running the ball effectively. I think that's the only way you can stay alive on offense against Aaron Donald. And again, obviously trying to throw away from uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, as much as you can. So we're going to need the D.D. Westbrook's that's in KJ Osborne to step up a little bit in this game. And of course, Tyler Conklin, um, but also Jefferson, like I said, I said earlier, Jefferson can win one-on-one against anyone in this league, in my opinion. So I don't care if he's going to get up against Jalen Ramsey. If he, if he hits that matchup, well, let's, uh, you know, in in yeah. I think Jefferson is almost unguardable in cross routes. So just running that consistently if you can and uh, hitting him when he gets open on those, it's great. Um, And then on defense, like I said, you just have to – I'm not worried about their run game. They have two good running backs, but I don't think that their run game is anything to write home about. But if you let that run game get going, it does make Cooper Cup's job so much easier because now we're – where Cooper cup lives, obviously he's been making a living everywhere, I should say, but um, specifically he's over the middle, similar to what Jefferson's been doing this year, uh, getting behind the linebackers in front of the safeties uh, and away from the corners. Right. And that's where he's making his living. So if we can not have to worry about the run game as much and our linebackers can hit the depth marks that they need to hit to kind of mitigate that a bit. And please God, keep, Anthony Barr away from guarding him one-on-one. Uh, I think we can we can maybe mitigate that a bit. Again, I don't think you're going to stop this offense. Um, but again, I mean, what? They only put up 17 points against the Seahawks yesterday. So, I mean, we have a chance to be able to be effective. We just have to execute and not make the big
1: mistakes. You got it. Uh,
0: before we get to predictions, I will give my keys to victory here. Uh, it's All it is, it's it's very simple. Just finish your drives. When you get to the red zone, don't settle for field goals. Get the touchdowns. We've seen it happen too many times. I want to see Zimmer. You're at home. You have a little bit more leeway to be aggressive. If it's fourth and two, fourth and three, whatever, fourth in short, um, and you're Within your own thirty-yard line, I, I want to see us go for it. I don't want to settle for field goals, especially against this this Rams offense. I think you need to get touchdowns on the board. This team is too good um, to settle for field goals. So it's it, it's pretty simple, but uh, uh, I'm, I don't want to settle for field goals. I want to score touchdowns. So uh, we didn't get a chance last week uh, to meet. We didn't have a show uh so i'm gonna chalk everybody up is we would know,
3: all pick be the fair. bears yeah <laughs> we are all gonna so, uh, we are gonna pick us to beat the bears is what i was saying yeah <laughs> uh
0: so for the first time this year i think i'm 500 um, mm-hmm. i don't know about you guys <laughs> uh ryan's probably a little bit above he's probably eight and six right
1: i marked it down let's see he would have gone to the greenwich uh, I've got him as eight and five. He would have gone to nine and five. Guess would have gone to nine and five.
0: Nine Actually, is, all right. So David,
1: why do I have the guest at eight yeah. six? Um, but yes,
0: yeah. So that, that that checks out. So so Ryan's nine and five on the year. Dave and I are seven and seven. Um, I'll go last, but uh, we'll start with you, Ryan. Give me your score prediction, and then give me just give me a bold prediction as well.
3: Bold prediction, score prediction. All right, and if we need a guess, my son is just chilling here. So yeah, I don't know do if we have a guess pick or a finalist pick. All right, so I'll, I'll go first. Um, I don't know why, but I'm feeling I'm feeling somewhat optimistic. I don't know why. I'm not usually – I mean I try to be realistic as possible, but I'm feeling optimistic. Uh, I think we're going to win this week, and I'm going to go with a score of – it's going to be a close game. Obviously, uh, game-winning field goal at the end. Thirty-one to oh. thirty-one to twenty-eight. Thirty-one uh, twenty-eight. Uh, Last-second field goal to win the game. And uh, for All bold right. prediction, for bold prediction, uh, let's go with Justin Jefferson, mossing Jalen Ramsey. I don't, oh, I don't, I don't okay. know. I don't know if they, I don't know if that's like a for a touchdown, or whatever. But just he's gonna uh, on Monday. At some point uh, on Monday, a Monday night countdown or whatever. Uh, Randy Moss is gonna do the you got Moss and Jalen Ramsey with Justin <laughs> Jefferson causing
0: it. I love that. Is, is your son ready for a score prediction? Does he have a yeah, bold prediction? Has, yeah. not Brent,
3: uh, you got to do. Um, so he can't hear probably. So you got to do a score prediction. Okay, so score. We be, okay. uh, we play the Rams. So who's going to win, and by what's the score? And then give a bold prediction, which just means like, um, okay,
0: okay, uh, just okay. like
3: okay, something. Okay, okay.
0: okay, you got it. All right, <laughs> uh, All right buddy. Think, what do you got?
3: I, I think we're going to win, and it's going to be twenty-seven to nineteen. Ooh.
0: Okay.
3: Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I'm done. <laughs> No bold predictions. No no bold predictions. He needs to I mean... Sorry, guys.
0: I will say say that his bold prediction is probably a safety because I don't know how else they get to 19 um, unless they just randomly go for two points somewhere. Uh, Right?
1: Four field goals and a touchdown.
0: Okay, Dave. (laughs) All right, Dave. What is your score prediction and what is your... Bold prediction.
1: I don't feel good about this, except for logically, I sort of do because they got a shorter week, and as duty says, they're coming across country again. Uh, they came from the east coast. They just played. They got a short week. They got to fly back to us um, for a day after Christmas. So you know they're probably flying out on Christmas. That's gonna suck. Um, let's give it Vikings. Relatively low-scoring game.
0: Uh, 21-15. 21-15. All right, all right. Hey, the so, defense
1: last week held Chicago to three points for the entire uh, game I mean, up until that very last second. Poll <laughs> prediction, Vikings win. I like it, Joseph.
0: Yeah, I, I just saw that too. <laughs> um, I think I'm still waiting for a convincing win, and I feel like if you if you beat the Rams by more than one score, like that's a convincing win, right? Especially yeah. at yep. the, like the, mm-hmm. so. I want to say. I'm going to say 27-17. I I guess I copied. Oh, I copied Justin in the chat, but he said Rams. Um, I'm going to say 27-17 Vikings win. My bold prediction is that for the first time this season, Cooper Cup is held in check. Now, what what that is, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to maybe less than... 80 yards and no touchdowns. I feel like that's keeping Cooper Cup in check. Um, if anybody goes off this game, I think it's Odell Beckham. Um, I think I think I think Zimmer will will shut down Cooper Cup on offense and and make the other guys beat him. So, well, do that you think Eric Kendricks is
1: going to have a game because he didn't make the Pro Bowl and plus the well BS?
0: It, it is Eric Kendricks playing? Did we get any news on fines, suspensions, anything?
1: He's not going to be suspended for that. He's not going to get suspended.
0: I hope not. He
3: shouldn't have even been kicked out of that game. I mean, it was a penalty for sure. He shouldn't have got kicked
0: out of that game. I agree. I agree for sure. But I would love to see
1: him get another interception. Maybe a pick six.
0: Yeah, I would too. I'd love to see. We need a pick six. We have not. Kickoff. I
3: I'm actually changing my score prediction cuz what Dave said actually makes sense. I think it is actually going to be a low score game. So I'm going to go at 17-14. Um but yeah, I still think we win.
0: All right. Four people picked the Vikings to win. And more in the chat, Justin is the only one that uh looks to be going Rams this weekend. So we'll see who uh who's 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 uh who's right on Sunday. Um, that'll, that'll be it for us tonight. We had a longer show with Doogie on board, uh, had to fit a lot in here this evening. Um, I want to say thank you thank, to Thanks everyone for sticking
3: around. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a long, that's a time investment. And I, and I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate Doogie hopping on miles, even though he's not feeling too great. Um, and Ryan and Dave, I want to thank you guys. Um, for doing this week in, week out, um, and we'll continue to do it moving forward. But uh, I hope that this weekend, Dave, I know your family's in town. Ryan, I know you got some little kids there, but I, I hope that you guys are able to celebrate with your family um, and and enjoy this weekend. So as, as Doogie said, stay positive and test negative. <laughs> and with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you back Sunday night Sunday afternoon after the Vikings victory over the Rams with CTP final score. It'll be me, Dave, Flip, and Jason, hopefully. Um, And then we'll kick it back off again next Monday and and head into the new year. And hopefully uh, it's rivalry week. We're playing Green Bay after that. So uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, Skull Vikes!
1: Skull everyone! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregate. Skull, everybody!